Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilot. I have Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet. Scott, how you doing tonight? Hey, Ryan. What's up, man? Good to finally be on with you. Uh, appreciate the invite. Uh, nothing really going on with the Jets lately, though, right? <laughs> no, nothing at all. Can't talk about anything going on. I'm excited to get into some of this draft stuff, some of the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I want to hear your take on everything. Guys, if you haven't subscribed to Play Like a Jet, I have the YouTube channel linked down below in the description. So make sure you head over there, hit them up with the sub. They do some great recaps, some great film breakdowns. So, Scott, I guess we'll jump off there. Let's talk a little bit about a new quarterback that's going to be suiting up for the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers. How'd you feel about the trade overall? What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers kind of coming into this team? So I have two different thoughts on it. One is more popular than the other. The first thought is, obviously, like everybody else, I'm glad to see Aaron Rodgers here. The second thought is, I... <sighs> Joe Douglas basically bent over for Brian Gutenkunz. Let's be honest about it. And you can say you don't care, and that's okay. If that's your stance, that's fine. My problem is that the Packers had a commodity that no one else wanted, and everyone knew that they had to get rid of. And the Jets' only real problem was their own impatience because they could have waited this out and gotten a much better deal. And look, people can say who cares about draft picks, this and that. They matter. I mean, if you would have said that last year, the Jets might not have Brees Hall, Jermaine Johnson, even guys like Michael Clemens. It's one thing if this was some sort of bidding war and they had to do it, but because that contract was so bad, you got to remember, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, right? Why was literally no one else interested? It was because of that contract. And the Packers had to get rid of him and everyone knew it. So if it was me, I'd have played some hardball. I would have, Ryan Tannehill was available. I would have, you know, people were like, oh, you're going to go with Ryan Tannehill. It's not that you would have had to go with Ryan Tannehill. It's that he was there in case you needed to have a backup plan, right? Lamar Jackson, until recently, was sitting there. So there were options for the Jets. The Packers had none. Because if the Jets pulled out of the deal, they could have gotten another quarterback. If the uh, Packers pulled out, uh, excuse me, if the Jets pulled out, uh, the Packers had nowhere to go with Aaron Rodgers. So that, that was my only issue. I'm glad he's here. And now that he's here, I mean, it is what it is as far as what they gave up. But to give up what's going to be a first rounder next year, a second rounder this year, the, the pick swap, which, look, I don't really even like Broderick Jones, so it doesn't bother me. But if that's who they wanted, it cost them a chance to draft Broderick Jones. To give up all of that for a guy that no one else wanted, it just didn't make any sense to me. You can be happy that he's here and still realize that those assets could have helped build the team around him and the team that would have, will exist after he's gone. And so those are two separate thoughts. And people get mad at me pointing that out and saying, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I get it. But that doesn't mean that they needed to give up the farm for somebody that nobody else wanted. That's my only point. Glad he's here. But I wish they wouldn't have done what they did because they didn't need to. So that's actually the same exact thought process that I had. I was the whole time leading up to this trade, I was saying 
there's no reason to do this before the draft. The Packers would have to approach me with such an attractive offer that it's more valuable than us using our own picks on players to surround Aaron Rodgers. And I don't feel like that happened at all. The pick swap in the first round, we got the raw end of that deal. You're going from 13 to 15. The second round, it's not that big of a deal, but, you know, him's 42 instead of 43. Couldn't have just given him the 43. Then in the second, you know, the the first rounder that's going to be next year, 65%. Uh, availability or whatever. It's not even tied to the success of the team, so it could still be a, right. a horrible, you know, draft pick for the New York Jets. I mean, Brett Favre was an Iron Man when he came to New York, and he played us to eight and three top in the NFL. And you know what, eight and three winds up on a sixteen game schedule. That's sixty five percent of the snaps. <laughs> so yep. if we get to eight yep. and three with an Iron yep. Man that is Aaron Rodgers, I just see history repeating itself, and it just scares the shit out of me. So I'm on the same wavelength as you. I thought we we should not have made the trade. I would have gone back to Green Bay and said, "Hey, look, after June first, I'll give you a second round pick." Oh wait, you know what? I'll tell you what. You eat some of that sixty million dollar signing bonus, and I'll give and I'll give I'll guarantee you the first round pick. And I think you could have had that leverage. It almost feels like this: either the NFL or Woody Johnson or some combination of the two pressured both sides to make this happen now. Because when I saw Douglas and Sal at the owners' meeting, it did not seem like they were in any rush to make this deal happen. And they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, quarterback could come in partway through training camp if he knows the system, if he, you know, all this other stuff." It just didn't feel like it passed the sniff test. And this is the first trade, you know, maybe we lost some value on the Moore trade, but I felt like this was a trade that like we clearly could have won. I think we still, you know, right. end up winning it overall because if it's really just a second and a first that you, you're, you're kind of talking about. What happens if you would have had D. Milliner and fucking Stephen Hill or something along those lines? So it's still still lottery ticket. But Douglas's draft record appears to be much better than than regimes past. So for me, we definitely overpaid for what we needed to. We left some meat on the bone, and I'm I think there was some pressure from the NFL to get the schedule and that sort of stuff out. I mean, that's certainly possible. Either way, they buckled when they didn't have to. Again, no bidders for a guy they had to get rid of. And like you said. Look, Brett Favre came in here August 8th. August 8th. Didn't know the offense, didn't know any of the players, didn't know any of the coaches. They were 8-3 and three after 11 games. Rodgers already knows the system, already knows the offensive coordinator, already has his favorite target here. The Jets could have been like, okay, we'll wait till August, no problem. Because if it turns to September 1st, guess what happens for you? You're going to have to pay this guy $60 million in cash to not play for you. So if that's what you want to do, you can do that. And the Packers, people, I had to laugh because I had an interaction with somebody on Twitter. And I won't say who, but it was it was somebody that's fairly notable. And he was like, oh, don't you think the Jets tried that? The Packers were firm in their stance. I'm like, who cares if the Packers were firm in their stance? They had nowhere to go. Like, that's the point. Like, that's not how a negotiation works. Like, Ryan, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're holding a book. And I go, oh, that looks like an interesting book. And you're like, yeah, I read it already, though. I don't have space in my my house. I'm going to probably throw it out. All right, I'll give you five bucks for that book. Give me 10. Wait, what? You're going to throw that book out. I'll give you five. No, no, give me 10. How about I give you five or you can throw the book out, right? So that's kind of what, what the situation was. And people get blinded by the fact that it was Aaron Rodgers and how badly they wanted Rodgers here. And believe me, I understand that. I wanted Rodgers, too. Everybody wanted Rodgers. But... Look, we can talk about how those picks are lottery picks. There's a reason why they hold so much value to other general managers. And that's the main point here is how valuable those first round picks are. I think if it were me, I'd have been like, look, we'll give you the second rounder this year and we'll give you the Favre deal the rest of the way. We'll give you a four 
that becomes mm-hmm. a three if he plays 65% of the snaps. It becomes a two if we if the Jets win a playoff game. And it becomes a one if the Jets make the Super Bowl. And you can take that or you can pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million to sit on uh, – to, to actually – they wouldn't have even sat him on the bench. They would have sent him home because – can you imagine if he was sitting on the bench and Jordan Love throws three interceptions – the Packers fans would have gone out of their damn minds with Aaron Rodgers sitting there on the bench. So they would have sent him home and he would have gone on some ayahuasca trip with $60 million of the Packers money. That was never going to happen. And I, I had to laugh when people were like, oh, the Packers have all this money. Okay. No team's paying a guy $60 million on purpose to not play. If a guy gets hurt or something, you know, it's mm-hmm. unavoidable. So that's kind of where I, I sit. The Jets had all the leverage in the world. They had all the, they had the strength, the strength, uh, they, they could have projected strength. They had a strong position. But at every turn, Joe Douglas, I assume, having some alcohol at that party and going, oh, well, he'll be here. Woody Johnson saying how he was getting impatient. Joe Douglas saying, oh, we're not really going to pursue uh, Lamar Jackson. All the way through, they gave away every bit of leverage they had for no reason. That's my only issue. And I, I don't want people to think that means I'm not happy that Rodgers is here or that I didn't want Rodgers. It just means that I thought they played this very poorly. And like you said, I think the most egregious thing of all was the conditions on that next year's second. How do you possibly give that away without it being tied to team success, especially when you didn't need to do it? So look, it's behind us. It is what it is. I I thought, you know, it was a bad deal in terms of value. That doesn't mean like you can get something you want, but still overpay for it. Like there could be a car you want and you're happy with the car, but you still paid way, way, way more for no reason. And you could have used that money on other things. And in this case, you could have had a first round draft pick next year because look, everybody knows next year's draft is loaded. And now, as long as Rodgers doesn't get hurt through 11 games, you know, the Jets are going to have no ammo to, to be able to do something in that draft. And if it was some sort of bidding war, like last year, remember everybody thought the mm-hmm. Packers were going to get a King's ransom last year. If it was like that. That's one thing. But when there's no other bidders, just why are you giving away valuable assets like that for no reason whatsoever? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I fall right in line with that because it's I'm totally happy Rodgers is here. I'm tickled pink. I could care less about the picks at this point in time, but definitely like, I mean, it, we definitely left meat on the bone. There's no other way to look at it other than like, we totally folded to the Packers' demands when we didn't need to. And it was the first time I think we saw some bit of weakness from Joe Douglas. Now, what do you think as far as, like, Aaron Rodgers coming into this team? He knows the offensive system. He knows, you know, at least Lazard right now, he's probably going to wind up knowing Cobb at some point. What are your, what are your like, what are you envisioning for Aaron Rodgers here? How quick of a transition do you think it's going to wind up being? I mean, it should be pretty easy for him. He's got Lazard. He's He knows the offense. I would imagine that he's probably had conversations with a lot of the the players on the offense. I think it's going to be a pretty easy transition for him, which again is another reason why I think the Jets could have very easily just let this drag out and and make the Packers sweat. Uh, there would have been no problem. Uh, I think that the the main question you have to ask with Rodgers isn't how quickly will he acclimate. I think it's more was last year a bit of an aberration or was it the beginning? of a downward trend. Now, Mm. we can say that it was a down year for Rodgers, and it was. Uh, The question is, was it the beginning of a downward spiral? Now, the year he had last year was still better than any season any Jet quarterback has had 
you know, probably since Brett Favre in 2008 before he hurt the shoulder, right? But, and I know that he had that thumb injury and he had new players and all that, but it's still an open question. He is 40 years old and father time does eventually get everybody. Tom Brady played till he was 45, but look, let's be honest, Tom Brady's an alien. He doesn't really count. The rest of these guys, look, people will talk about Peyton Manning. By the time Peyton Manning retired, he was younger than the age Rodgers will be when this season wraps up, and he was washed. Like, he was still good at age 38. By age 39, he was finished. Uh, Drew Brees, he had a, a an okay year at age 40, but he was mostly just dumping the ball off. But by the time he was Rodgers' age, he was pretty much finished too. Favre is really the only other one besides Brady who played well into his early 40s. So, look... I think the odds are that Rodgers will still be good. Is he going to be elite? I don't know. Do they need him to be elite? Not necessarily. But I think that's that's really what the concern should be if you have a concern. It's was last year an aberration or was it the beginning of a decline? Because I think knowing the offense and having Lazard here will make it a fairly seamless transition. Yeah, I, when I worry about like Rodgers, I think most of my concern was how committed is he going to be? Like I saw enough and I heard enough from Packers fans that they were really in, enthusiastic about Rodgers, you know, going into the future. And you know, okay, well is he going to be committed? Is he just coming over for the 60 million dollars? Is he you know, is he actually going to do these off-season workouts and whatnot? And to finally see like, oh, he's going to be at these voluntary workouts. Oh, it looks like he's buying in. The big smile when he comes into the press conference like new number, fresh haircut. Like this feels like a chapter for Rogers. And it feels like he's kind of, you know, when you're trapped in those bad work situations and you're like, okay, I finally, I get this life preserver. I'm finally in a new situation. I can finally shine. I feel like that's where Rogers was. Like he sees all the adoration that he's getting from the jet fans, both at the Knicks game, the Rangers game, like all these different things. Like he, he's totally lapping up all the media. And I'm sure the jets have probably said, Hey, go around to all these different spots, getting you in the spotlight. Now it's going to sell some tickets, going to endear you to the fans. But I mean, it looks like he's bought in at least on face value. And I, I think the players are going to see a, a much higher level of play. And I think it's going to just raise everyone's, um, you know, across the board. I, the defense is going to play better because they're going to be fresher. They're going to have, you know, not as many three and outs on the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line should play better because there's dec decisive quarterbacking behind that line. The, you know, hopefully the offensive line is just better. So the running backs will get the benefit of having a, a quarterback that can pass the ball down the field. It's, it's everything all together. And you kind of said, that you, you mentioned, he doesn't have to be elite. We were saying last year with the defense we have, we could have had like slightly below average quarterback play and we would have been a very dangerous team. I think the Jets, if they had ranked 19th in terms of scoring, it would have given them like 21 points a game and the Jets would have had like an additional five wins. And that's not even like that outrageous to, to kind of think. So even if the defense takes a little bit of a step back, I think just having good to to like above average quarterback play is going to make them a very tough team to beat. Yeah, for sure. I think we, we do have to be a little bit careful about last year. Cause remember they did win five of their seven games against backup quarterbacks and two mm -hmm. of those games, they needed a borderline miracle to win. So uh, there is a regression possibility and I think mm -hmm. the roster is good, but I do think that, I mean, if you look at it, honestly, I mean, Rogers is the big piece, but beyond that, you can make a legitimate case that this roster is at best a push with where it was last year. So that's why I, I'm hoping 
that with all this money that they freed up with the Rogers deal and all of that, with the way that they, they made the deal and he's only going to count like a million dollars against the cap or whatever this year, that they go out and try to make another splash. Uh, I've talked about DeAndre Hopkins. I know people have said he's 30 and this and that. Listen, according to Albert Breer, and we'll see, uh, they were originally asking for a two, nobody bit. And it looks like it's going to end up being like a Brandon Cooks deal if they trade him, you know, like two late round mm-hmm. picks. You know what? He missed six games last year because of the suspension, but he played eight. In those eight games, he had 717 yards, three touchdowns, 64 catches. The guy was still an absolute beast. And he did a fair amount of that with backup quarterbacks too. So to mm-hmm. me, if look, Lazard, Hardman, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, it's an okay receiving quarter. You swap out Corey Davis for, for Hopkins, and now you have Hopkins, Garrett Wilson, Lazard, and Hardman, and now you're cooking with gas. Now you're cooking with gas. So something like that would be fun. I know people have talked about Kevin Byard. If he becomes available, sure. I don't think Buda Baker is a realistic possibility because you'd have to give him a record contract, and you'd have to give up really valuable assets. I, I don't see that happening. Byard, it, I think it really depends on the price to acquire, but Look, if you get Hopkins for what Breer is talking about, which would be like, say, like I said, the Brandon Cooks deal, a fifth and a sixth, it's two years, $34 million. You cut Corey Davis and you cut Ashton Davis, that frees up $14 million right there. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think the, the roster is good enough to be a playoff team for sure, although it's going to be a lot tougher this year. They've got a much mm-hmm. tougher schedule. They've got a lot of tough quarterbacks on that slate, and the AFC is very tough. But as far as like if you want to go deep in the playoffs, I'm not saying they can't do it, but I am saying that like, you know, the benefit of freeing up that money is that you can go and get somebody like Hopkins or Bayard or whoever, like some big splash if that option becomes available. And I think they should really consider it. I wouldn't want to be giving up you know, first round picks, second round picks, anything like that. But again, you know, even Brandon Cooks, if they'd have gotten him, that would have been a nice acquisition. But so... That's kind of where I'm at with it. I think he doesn't have to be a superstar for them to be a playoff team necessarily, but there is the danger of the regression with the defense playing against better quarterbacks. And there is, you know, and also, of course, Brees Hall coming back from injury, you know, where's he at and all that. Um, But I think if you can find a way to make a big splash and really add another dynamic piece to this offense, or really, you know, the defense too would be good then I think there's a much greater chance of them being able to go deeper in the playoffs. Because remember, Ryan, look at the teams that are that are out there. You've got the Bills, who are the odds-on favorite to win the division. You've got the Dolphins, who are right in the, in the thick of things. If you look at Vegas, the Dolphins and Jets are neck and neck, right, even with Rodgers. The Ravens, with Lamar Jackson coming back, and now they've got Todd Monken, who's my favorite offensive coordinator, call mm-hmm. plays there. He's great. The Browns, yeah, he's phenomenal. The Browns have Watson, and you assume he's going to have a bounce back. They've been acquiring pieces, right? They, they look like they could be loaded for bear. You've got the Bengals always. The Jaguars are on the rise with Trevor Lawrence. The Chargers, the Chiefs. It's going to be very tough, especially if the Jets wind up a wild card and have to play three road games. So the more they can do to take advantage of – a situation, like I said, somebody like Hopkins or whatever, go do it if you want to really try and make a, a, a deep playoff run. 
Yeah, I, I get the same feeling as far as like the safeties go. Like, I don't know if we've seen Joe Douglas really emphasize the safety position at all. Like Whitehead and signing him for like 11 million or whatever it was last year or $8 million a year, like was the biggest financial commitment we, we made to one aside from like the franchise tag with May. You know, we shipped off Jamal Adams. Some of that had to do with just timing. But like a big splash player, like the cap space that we have left, I think that's probably what frustrates me the the most about the draft is the draft felt like we kind of set ourselves up for the future and not so much for like the immediacy right now to try and win a ring, which is kind of where I thought we were going to be going. Um, But with Rodgers, getting Hopkins would be really impressive. I guess my, my concern maybe with getting Hopkins is more so the financial side of things and if you if it could be better spent elsewhere like does it make more sense to to shore up the offensive line i mean maybe it doesn't we kind of have some starters i feel like we have a razor thin kind of uh margin of error there where we're kind of relying on beckton we're relying on brown right now we did bring in billy turner and you know we drafted the kid from Pitt, and you have max mitchell and whatnot but it's still like pretty pretty slim and then I look at where we're going as a team as far as like running the ball. Like we want to run it with Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Bam Knight, um, Izzy, the, you know, the new new back we just got. So is it necessarily a need to get another wide receiver? Like, like could Corey Davis being our number probably four wide receiver be good enough? Um, but maybe that's a bad way to look at it because I'm saying good enough and not like, you know, let's try to blow the right. doors off and, and really like score some points here. Right. And Ryan, kind of to your to your earlier point, with the draft, and look, I have no problem with the way that they handled the draft. I think for the most part, they did fine considering the spots they were in and the players that were available and all that. Every draft can't be last year where they had all those high picks and they went and got all these great players. But I think with the guys that they got all being guys that can help a little bit right away but are really more with an eye towards next year and the year after that and all of that, it does create a situation where, you know, if you can get another impact player, and that's really how you have to look at it, right? Because let's be honest, Corey Davis is okay. There's nothing wrong with Corey Davis, but I just told you the stats that Hopkins had in eight games, and that's almost as good as the best season that Corey Davis has ever had in his career. So it shows you the gap between those two guys. And the difference in salary is not that drastic because – now, listen, next year will be $14 million, but for a wide receiver of his caliber, considering where the market has gone, it's not that big of a deal. Now, mm-hmm. he does come with some injury concerns without question, but if the idea is you want to take advantage of the Rodgers window, they didn't really do that with the draft picks. And again, I'm not criticizing them for that necessarily, but if they didn't do it with the draft picks, if they have an opportunity and the means with which to add somebody like Hopkins, you know, like you said, there's a difference between good enough and, you know, we going for the jugular here, right? So, again, you know, if you look at Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Alan Lazard, Miko Hardman, all right. I mean, Hardman's basically your Berrios replacement, right? He'll do the jet sweeps. He'll give you some speed. He'll do the kick and punt returns, right? Uh, Corey Davis and Alan Lazard are almost – they're pretty similar. The, 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 their production level and, and what they give you are kind of similar. They're both solid, but not remarkable receivers. Neither one of them is a guy that's going to be game planned for by an opposing defensive coordinator. That that guy is Garrett Wilson, right? Garrett Wilson's your number one. But if you basically have two guys, like, look, you see what happens in Cincinnati with mm-hmm. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, or 
before Adam Thielen fell off cliff, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and in uh, in Philly with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, there's only a handful of teams that have that kind of firepower, and they all tend to be very, very successful. And to your point about the offensive line, look, if there was a difference maker available on the offensive line to spend money on, like they did try to get Orlando Brown. That's a different story. Mm -hmm. But if if there's nobody out there right now on the offensive line that they can get that difference maker, and I don't think there is unless there's somebody missing, but Hopkins is available, and that's the assumption right now, then, Mm -hmm. you know, add the guy that can help make that difference and bring the offense to another level especially if it's not going to cost you a ton. That's just, you know, my vantage point on it. Now, as far as the draft goes, let, let's kind of go through draft day and the, the the whole weekend and whatnot. We go get up to, you know, pick 15. The Steelers had just traded in front of us, took the tackle. You're sitting there on the clock. Where did you think the Jets were going to go and how did you feel about the pick they made? It's, it's funny, Ryan, because uh, Luke Grant and I streamed for five straight hours, so you know exactly what I'm talking about because you guys did that too. <laughs> and... When this was going on, my thought was, I didn't, I'm not really a huge Broderick Jones fan. I think he needs a lot of work. Now, I say this, and he'll go make seven Pro Bowls with the Steelers because that's just how this works out. But I looked at it and I said, look, if the Jets can't get Skronsky or Paris Johnson, if Jackson Smith and Jigba is there, I'd have taken him because I just think he's a guy, you know, Aaron Rodgers loves receivers where they get open fast and he can get the ball out quickly. You give him Smith and Jigba, put him with Garrett Wilson, that's a deadly combination. Uh, Now, obviously the Jets didn't see it the way I did. They didn't like him the way that I did. But that was kind of where where I was hoping they would go. In the end, people were – when it happened, it it just threw us all for a loop, I think, because we were never thinking Mm -hmm. Will McDonald. But when you go back and you think about it and you watch his tape – it really does start to make a lot more sense because number one, you can never have enough quality players that can hit the quarterback. Like you're never going to say, "Ah, oh, we have too many edge rushers. I get that. It's not their most pressing need, but look again, you can never have too many guys that can bring that skill set. And Lawson is on essentially what is a one year, 16, $17 million deal. He's probably going to be gone next year. You don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Huff after this year either. So, you bring him in and you watch his tape and man, he's dynamic. Like he, the way he uses his hands, the way he stacks moves, his explosiveness, his bend is elite, right? I had James Reed, who is a former jet defensive tackle who went to Iowa state. Call me. Uh, I had texted him. I'm like, Hey, look, they got all these cyclones. He called me and he goes, dude, you have no idea. This kid is great. They had him playing uh, uh, you know, on the in, on the inside at 236 pounds, which is crazy. He goes, but when he's on the outside, he looked like Von Miller. So like, I'm telling you, man, he's going to change everything for the Jets' pass rush. He's going to be a huge difference maker. So, like to me, if a guy like that's on the board, and even if people say, oh, it's a little bit of a reach, they might have been able to get him in the like 20s. Okay, well, you know how that goes. If teams mm-hmm. are calling up and they're not really making you offers that you like, and there's this player you want and you're like, okay, maybe we could get him if we trade down a little, but maybe we won't. Maybe there's another team that'll take him ahead of us, and then we missed out on him, and we took this deal for, you know, we got too cute, right? Mike McCagnan used to do stuff like that all the time. Not in the first round necessarily, but in later rounds, he would do it all the time. So at that point, if you have this guy highly rated on your board, 
And, you know, we heard they like Jameer Gibbs, which is crazy, but apparently they really like Jameer Gibbs. So he was gone too. So at that point, go with the guy you really like, and that's it. I mean, if you look, uh, James compared him to Von Miller. I think that might be a little crazy, but Luke Grant was saying when he watched him, the first name that came to his mind was Leonard Floyd, so that he would be a more dynamic Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hassan Reddick's another one. When I watched mm-hmm. him, and I looked at his measurables. The guy I thought of was Robert Quinn. If he could be any of those guys, great, good pick. So I was totally cool with it. I, at first, I was disappointed, mostly because I wanted Smith and Jigba. But the more I thought about it, and the more I really, you know, looked at what Salah was trying to do, and who was available, and how dynamic Will McDonald really is, because he had had two double-digit sack seasons the year before they mm-hmm. played him a lot inside. And so, look, I, I think. He has a chance to be you – know, look, I like Jermaine Johnson a lot. I don't know that his ceiling is anywhere near what McDonald's is as a pure pass rusher. So that's mm-hmm. a good yin and yang kind of thing too. So I, I didn't love it at first, but I, I think overall it was a, a pretty solid pick, and I, I like McDonald. I think he'll be good. Yeah, I kind of – when I was looking at you know the selection, I was like, what? They announced him as a linebacker first, and I'm like – because I, I was not thinking edge rush in the first round whatsoever. So I, I did not like gear my draft knowledge towards that at all. And when they, you know, linebacker, like, what did we do in the first round just now? And then we're watching the highlights. And it's like, all right, this guy's got some speed. Oh, he's got the spin move and whatnot. And I'm like, all right, yeah. But they just said he's going to be like a situational pass rusher. It's like, so we got it. This guy that's going to be playing like 30% of the snaps in the first round. I was like, this is clearly not a pick that's meant to like really impact this year. This is more of a Carl Lawson, Bryce Huff you know, replacement for the future. And I agree with you. I think Jermaine Johnson is a good compliment. It's you got the guy that can set the edge and kind of stop the run with him on that side. And then you get a guy that can really dip and bend. I've heard Brian Burns as a, as a possible comp towards him. Um, Mm -hmm. Just a lot of speed can get real low. So I'm, I am excited for the pick and, you know, edge rush wise, we've, (laughs) I feel like we've been struggling for the longest time. And we saw what happened two years ago when Carl Lawson and Vinnie Curry Curry got hurt. The defense just got shut down. Like this defense is built on getting after the pass, getting after the passer. But that's where we invest our draft picks. It's where we invest our, our our big dollars. And then you go on the backside and you say, okay, well, the, the cornerbacks, they're there to take advantage of those errant passes that are created by the pass rushers. So if you start getting into bad offensive situations and we start punting the ball and we allow the other team to, to have a lead and they're running on us, it completely neutralizes everything that you've tried to do is like, like for your defense. So you're trying to get, you know, score a little bit of points, create some pass rush situations, and now allow your high value assets to get after the quarterback. So I see what they're doing. I definitely was like a little sour on it because I, I was with you. I probably would have gone uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, which is really like a little surprising for me because at the start of this whole draft process, I was like, we don't need a wide receiver. And like, he's yeah. not that fast. <laughs> I'm like going through and basically I I've given up. Thing. Oh, dude, I've given up on trying to diagnose Ohio State wide receivers because I was like, I don't really want to touch Garrett Wilson. I don't really want to touch Olave. I was like, ah, you know, Jackson, yeah. Jigba, I don't really want to. I was like, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm clearly wrong. It's okay. I can admit I'm wrong with Ohio State. I'm all about Jackson Smith to Jigba. If they go that route, they go a different route. Mm-hmm. We go into the second round and we're all thinking, okay, you know, you got to get some type of offensive lineman. We were thinking center probably provides the best value at that point. There's a few tackles. You know, at that point, I was kind of thinking like, oh, you know, Dewan Jones is still sitting there. Meanwhile, he winds up plummeting down draft boards. Um, right. So I, I'm looking at the center position and I'm seeing like, okay, we had pretty much the pick of the litter outside of, I think, one guy. Uh, and we had 
Joe Tipman, you had John Michael Smith. Jets met with John Michael Smith a bunch of times. We wind up passing on him. We take Joe Tipman, and then the Giants wind up getting uh, John Michael Smith, similar to like the the Andrew Thomas, Makai Becton sort of year where you're having two guys at the same position in the same mm-hmm. city, and you're just gonna you know nitpick kind of back and forth what'd you think of the joe Tipman pick and, and maybe passing on uh john michael smith well it's interesting because brandon thorne who i think is one of the best out there when it comes to offensive line he said he thought they were both pretty close he had john michael schmitz rated slightly ahead but joe Tipman was a much better athlete so he had that athletic upside and i think that's probably what made the difference here because in that wide zone, you want a guy that can really move. You want a guy that has that superior athletic ability. And every guy that they drafted had a very high relative athletic score. Uh, Tipman, I don't think, actually, they couldn't find his relative athletic score. But you know how athletic he is. Mm-hmm. And so at 6'6", 315, to get a center that can move that way. And, was, and he's pretty polished. And he has that guard potential to play some guard, too. I thought it was a good pick. I I was expecting John Michael Schmitz, but then again, you know, the fact that they had him in so many times almost made me wonder if it was a bit of a diversion and maybe Mm. they were going to go in another direction. With Dewan Jones, I wasn't surprised. Uh, There's been a lot of chatter about his eating habits, uh, him being lazy, uh, not really wanting to put in the work, a, a bunch of red flags. So I'm not really that surprised that he fell a bit. But I, I like the Tipman pick, and there's a lot of great stories. I'm going to be doing shows on each of these guys. Uh, we're going to dissect the film, but we'll also do episodes with guys that covered them and really dig into their background. And you go back, I mean, listen, uh, I, I'm sure you remember Jason Fabini, the former mm-hmm. Jets tackle. He is one of uh, Tipman's mentors, coached him on the offensive line in both junior high and high school. They, they still keep in touch. I thought one of the most telling things about Joe Tipman, and this tells you a lot about why they fell in love with the person is there's a story about when he was the star player on his high school team, which eventually won the, uh, the high school championship. And there was this uh, equipment manager that was there who was a, a freshman. And I, I think there was a, t- uh, a meeting. It didn't include the players. It was the coaches and the other people that worked around the, the program. And in the middle of the coach speaking, the, the equipment manager said, Coach, I'm sorry, I just have to say this, but the nicest guy on this team is Joe Tipman. He's the best player, and you know, I got here, I was getting picked on, people were making fun of me. I would have to sit at lunch alone, and then one day Joe came over, and he sat with me, and he, he talked to me, and all that, and now all the other guys accept me, and they come and talk to me, and they'll sit with me, and I don't get made fun of, I don't get picked on anymore. And you hear a story like that, or here's another one when they were in the middle of an important game and it was rainy and it was gross and they were down at halftime, the coach was going to give his big inspirational speech and Tipman walked over to the coach and he said, hey coach, is it okay if I address the team? And the coach said, yeah, sure. So he went and he addressed the team and they got all fired up and then they went out in the second half, they ended up winning the game. And you know, you hear the coach talk about how at the end of the game when they were trying to seal the deal on the high school championship, he went into the headset. They needed one last first down. And he said, I knew exactly what to do. I called it and I said, run that ball behind Joe. He never hasn't failed us once yet. And he, I don't think he ever will. And sure enough, they went and they got that first down. So just stuff like that, the character is off the charts. He even said that 
he was uncomfortable in these draft meetings because he's more than happy to talk up how wonderful he thinks his parents are and the coaches mm-hmm. that work with him and the teammates that, you know, and the people on the staff and all that. But he felt uncomfortable trying to sell himself because he was always taught to be humble and not brag. And, and that was one thing that, that one of the coaches, I think his middle school coach said, said, Joe's the best player. He's been the best player on every team he's been on, but yet he doesn't act that way. You never know. If you just met him out on the street, you wouldn't know that he was some big deal football player. And to me, that stuff matters to these guys. You've heard all about the culture and all that. So you put the athleticism, the character, and the ability on the field and the versatility, and I think that really sealed the deal for why they really love Tip. Yeah, that's a home run. I didn't hear those stories, and that makes me feel a lot better because I'm big on the character side of things, and it's kind of – Last draft, there was something that was just kind of irking me about Kayvon Thibodeau, and I couldn't, like, fully put, like, my finger on it, but I was like, man, you know, this sauce guy, like, he just understands it. The dude just, like, gets how to be a football player, like, how to be a teammate, and you saw that with the leadership, with the whole Elijah Morris stuff that was going on. He was trying to, like, you know, kind of right the ship. And with Tittman hearing those kind of stories, it it makes me feel good because I want my players to feel – I want to feel like my players are – almost like an extension of us. And and that's kind of where I view, you know, for, for a lesser extent, not to a, or maybe a greater extent, Rogers with like the, the, oh, the distaste of the media. I don't, you know, screw Samini, or not Samini, but screw, uh, what is it? Schefter and Rappaport. They don't know anything. You know, they're, they're good at their job, but like, you know, lose my number. And I'm thinking like, oh, dude, we've been like pretty jaded by the whole national media. And like as a Jet fan to watch our quarterback do that, like he is one of us. Then he comes in, and he says we. And then you hear the Tipman stuff and like the good character. It's it's easy to root for guys like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think that if you look at who the Jets brought in last year and this year, you hear a lot of those kind of stories. Right. And, you know, even Carter Warren, guy who battled through injury, I had to laugh with uh, uh, with the seventh-round pick that they got, um, Zach, Koons, Zach Koons, who everybody's excited about right now because mm-hmm. he has upside off the charts. Like, I think it was Lewis Riddick said during the draft that he has no heart and he transferred from Penn State and all that. The reason he transferred from Penn State is because, A, Pat Fryermuth was in that same class with him. He was never going to get on the field. And B, his offensive coordinator at Penn State, who was his mm-hmm. biggest supporter, took the job as head coach at Old Dominion and took him with him. So, look, I, I, there's actually a really great behind-the-scenes video of Zach Kuntz and how he made his recovery because people forget he had that knee injury early in the season. I think that's part of why he dropped in this draft. And he wasn't supposed to be at the combine. He wasn't supposed to be recovered by then. But not only was he recovered, but he set all kinds of records for tight ends at the Combine because he's such a freak of nature. And so that shows you a lot about his ability to work, his ability to take instruction. I was watching a video with some of the people that helped him rehab, and they all said, look, the reason why he was so far ahead of schedule is because he was willing to do whatever he had to do to get back out there. We told him, do this, this, and this, and he would do it. And we would tell him... Don't push yourself too hard, but also you can't be taking days off, blah, 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 blah. Like he basically followed to a T what they told him. And, you know, he was able to get out there for that combine and and do all of that. And that tells me a lot about 
a kid like that that he look with that physical with those physical gifts and all of that it, it would be easy to get a real ego and and such but that's that's not the type of person that he is so you look at the guys that they picked israel abacanada it's so hard to say that i name. can't pronounce it, dude, that, that oh you got that's all i can do is there's way too many vowels and then too many letters but he's another one man i mean uh, he I, I believe he's from new york if i'm not mistaken i'd have to go back yep, and look brooklyn he, yeah exactly so i think he had his draft party in brooklyn and all of that and you know, he's going to be really excited to be here. He's interesting. When you look at the comps, I know Brian Bassett had said, if you look at his athletic profile and the style of runner he is, Tevin Coleman is an interesting mm. comparison for him. I think that's a good one. Isaiah Pacheco, who we know did really well with the Chiefs last year, that's another one. So to have him as a running back too, and as I said with uh, Glenn Naughton from Jet Nation on the podcast the other day, running back is one of those rare positions where – you can get a really good player who can be very meaningful for you fairly reliably on day three. I don't know that there's any other position, not counting kicker and punter, where you can do that. Like if you draft a defensive lineman or a linebacker, you're not thinking this guy is going to be a, you know, a big time difference maker. But if you get a running back, you're thinking there's a chance because we've seen it happen with guys in the late rounds. We've seen it happen all the time with guys that don't even get drafted, right? So you know, Pacheco is a good example. I think he was a seventh round pick last year. You see it a lot. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with that. Uh, they got players that are high upside athletically. Some of them are a little bit older. Uh, they're all, they all apparently are very good character guys. Um, and they all are guys that can, you know, even if they're not going to be making massive impacts day one, they're guys that can be here and really, be key pieces of the team going forward. And I don't think that's a bad approach, but it does go back to what you said, Ryan, that if there's an opportunity to add a, quote, win-now guy that isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg, why not do it if the idea is you you don't want to be good enough, you want to be on the same level as the very top teams? Yeah, when I'm when I'm looking at this whole draft class, it's like, ah, you know, it's it, how many of these guys do I really see impacting a lot this year? And I feel like... Joe Tipman's probably the one that's going to have the biggest impact year one uh, just because of the the depth at that position, which I guess leads me to how do you feel about the offensive line and where, how do you think it like shapes out? Well, who are our best five? So I think the best combination as of now is Brown, Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker, Lakin Tomlinson, and then you have a competition between Tipman and Connor McGovern for that center spot. Mm. You're not going to bench Dwayne Brown based on the amount of money he's getting paid. And Becton is very clearly the most talented tackle on the team. I don't even think it's close when he's healthy. Now that, of course, mm. is the big question. You're not mm -hmm. benching Tomlinson because he's making like $17 million a year. You're just hoping for a bounce back year from him. And obviously, mm. if Vera Tucker's healthy, he's arguably the most talented offensive lineman on the team. So I think Vera Tucker's versatility helps here. Tipman's versatility helps here. So does Connor McGovern's because those two guys can both play guard. So if there's another injury guard, they can play both of them. But I think that's your best combination as of right now. Am I thrilled with the depth? Mm, not really. Uh, but look, what you have to hope for is that most of these guys stay healthy or relatively healthy. 
and that some of the players like say Max Mitchell mm -hmm. becomes a much more serviceable option if he needs to play. I don't mm -hmm. envision Mitchell being a starter unless Becton or Brown gets hurt, which knock on wood, let's hope that doesn't happen. But you, you would hope that he can be a serviceable option now in year number two. At guard, again, you have the flexibility now with McGovern and Tipman. So if Vera Tucker gets hurt again, or if Blake and Tomlinson gets hurt, right? And, and so, look, I don't feel great about the line, but if things don't go terribly, they could be okay. I do think that they'll need to keep making investments next year. I think Tomlinson, unless he has a huge bounce back, will probably be gone, for example. But I, I think the O-line has a chance to at least be functional if the Jets don't get some very unlucky breaks. Now, of all the draft picks, was there one that kind of stood out to you as your favorite, You know, whether it be value-wise or just the, the prospect overall? Is there someone that you like more than the other guys? Yeah, I think it's probably Zach Kuntz. And the reason is because a guy that with that type of freakish athleticism and size, I just feel like there's a chance for him to develop into a really nice player. And to get somebody like that in the seventh round, look, Ryan, the Jets haven't really had a difference maker at tight end since Mickey Schuler. Now, I don't think that Kuntz is going to be a traditional tight end. I think you're looking at more of like a Mike Gusecki type of yeah, tight end like a big say, slot but that's a, a okay big mismatch of a guy exactly and that's okay you need guys like that and so look there's areas where he's not great the run after the catch not the best i've heard people say his route running is bad when you watch his tape the route running's not that bad it's actually a pleasant surprise when you look at it uh, but there there's no he's not really going to ever be a blocker so mm -hmm. like we're not looking at a guy who's going to be you know Rob Gronkowski. I mean, who is Rob Gronkowski? But you know what I mean. Sure. So he, but I do think he has a chance to be that like Mike Gusecki type guy if they develop him properly and to get somebody like that in the seventh round. Remember how high Mike Gusecki was picked by the Dolphins. So I think that would be awesome. It would be nice to have an actual real receiving threat at tight end for the first time in like a generation, basically. Yeah, just the monster size. I mean, he's he's bigger than the corners and he's faster than the linebackers. So you, you got this nice little combination of like who's going to cover this dude. And even if he's not going to block, it's it's all right. You, you give the defense something to think about at least. And I feel like every little piece that you can add in that gives the either the uh, you know let's say a middle linebacker whoever it is that's trying to get everyone aligned up. It's like oh you know is that the right move? Are we doing the right thing? And then like it slows their processing down just a half a second. And when you're talking about a game of inches and everyone's trained to the umpteenth level, like those little things do matter. Um, I think my favorite one, ah, you know what? That's probably the most exciting one. That The upside there I think is just so fascinating. And it's funny because I watched the play like a jet video on him and it got me all hyped up. I was like, all right, I'm good to go. Let's like <laughs> fucking run through a wall. <laughs> I'm ready. I think this kid is going to be something something fun to watch. And I think, you know, preseason is going to be neat to kind of see how he develops. It's weird because he's probably going to get more reps with Zach Wilson than he will with Aaron Rodgers by the time uh, this season's over. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But Luke Grant, who does the film work on our channel, who is does a phenomenal job, 
he said, and I agree with him, that he wouldn't be shocked if by the end of the season, Zach Kuntz is tight end number two. So, like mm. I said, it all comes down to development. But mm. he, he has that type of potential. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Ryan, listen, I got to I gotta run, but I appreciate mm. you having me on. And listen, anytime you want me to come on, I'm happy to come on anytime you want. This was a blast. I'm glad that we were able to do this, and uh, hopefully we can do it more often. If I can, real quick, I just want to say, you know, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash playlikeajet. The podcast, which I host, is seven days a week, a brand new episode every single day. You can get it anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, all of that. We've got playlikeajet.com, but the YouTube channel and the podcast are what you're going to get. We're going to, we're aiming to do daily videos. Uh, there's a Carter Warren film breakdown up there right now that Luke just put up. So youtube.com slash play like a jet, the seven day a week podcast available, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, Apple. And again, Ryan, thank you so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. And, and like I said, anytime you want me to come on, you just, you know where to find me, you let me know and I'll be there. Scott, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, if you have not tuned in to Play Like a Jet, make sure you click down below in the description. Great channel. Luke over there does a great film breakdown. Scott's an awesome dude. You guys heard him here. So guys, make sure you hit that like button. We got 400 people in here, less than 130 likes. What are you doing? What are you doing in there? Got our boy James C. He sends in a $5 super chat. Thank you, James. Much appreciated. Now, we do have to get to our call-ins because I think that's very, very important. So I'm going to put the link in the live chat. You guys can see that. I'm going to pin it up to the uh, the top portion there. And you guys can call in. You can give your thoughts on We can talk about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. We can talk about the NFL draft because I want to talk about who your favorite prospects are. I love hearing all this stuff. I want to hear how you guys felt you know, about round one and, and all the other stuff going on because... I think we, this was a very interesting draft from a, a few different perspectives, and I think uh, I think the fans want to talk about it. But you guys know the deal. You get three minutes on the clock after three minutes. That's right. You get the chicken. So we're going to go to our first caller right now. We've got Joe on the line. Joe, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Not too bad. I'm hanging in there. How are you feeling about our draft class? Boy, uh, very interesting. I'll be honest. I have to be brutally honest. I'm not too happy about the first round pick. I think he has no. ability. Yeah, yeah. He's going to put on some weight. But uh, I'm not too crazy about it. Yeah, it's one of those moves that's definitely made for the future and not so much for the now. Like, this guy's going to be playing 30% of the snaps, and he, I mean, he looks electric. I definitely like the player. It's just not really the the spot I thought we were going to go. It feels like we're, we're kind of rich at the edge rush position, and it's, you know, maybe we could have improved the team in the now at a different position. And it just, I get burnt up because I saw the tackle go just before us, and I think that was the most frustrating part for me, more so than, than maybe the McDonald pick. Was there a player you were hoping for maybe at that 15 slot, Joe? Yeah, I was hoping for Broderick Jones, to be honest. But you know what, man? The Jets got outplayed in the trade. Mm -hmm. I can't get into all the variables. I'll be here forever. And they got outplayed in this draft. Bill Belichick mm. <laughs> always seems to have a leg up on us, man. Dude, he sucks. 
I can't stand this guy. It's like, no matter what we do, we can't exercise this demon. It's almost like I want the Patriots to be our week one matchup because I just want Joe Douglas to, or not Joe Douglas, I want Aaron Rodgers to just throw like 40 points up on the board with them and just like, let's let's exercise the demons. Let's get this out of our system. I'm, I'm done thinking about Belichick. And literally every time we cut someone or someone gets cut by another team, we're like, oh, he's going to be a good Patriot. He's going to wind up over there. And it's been like kind of drilled into our head for the last 20 years. But the last two years, it's kind of not really gone that way. And I'm, I'm hoping Mac Jones stays a little longer up there. I don't think the, I don't think we have to be quite as concerned about the Patriots as we once were, but yeah, I, I think there's a different way we could have gone with the draft picks. Now, who is your favorite draft pick of like the whole kit and caboodle? Oh, I gotta say it's Hitman. Hmm, it's a fun pick, I think right? He's not, yeah, he's too big for a center. I was thinking the same thing when everybody, you know, that was talking about him when he got drafted that he's too big. I agree with him, but. You know what? That doesn't bother me because if down the road he's going to switch over to guard, then so be it. But right now, I think he's, to me, I think he looks good. I can't go wrong with that pick. Well, I'm excited. He's a fast guy. I, we just heard from Scott. He's got some great personality traits. Yeah. He he seems like he's a good person to go with a good football player, and that that makes me happy. I like being able to like feel good about the players that I'm rooting for on a week in and week out basis. Joe, thank you so much for the call. You've been ejected from the cockpit. Uh, all right. Oh, I know this person right. We got my buddy Rob Maslanka hopping on the show, brother. How are you doing tonight? Ryan, I literally showed my brother. I was, I was watching your video on Will McDonald. I said, hey, John, <laughs> I've been following this guy for two years. And you know what just hit me? He looks a lot like my favorite camp counselor back in the day. Dude, and I he, was dying. I saw your name pop up, and I was like, there's no friggin' way it's him. <laughs> dude, I, I've watched you for almost three years now, and John told me today, he goes, that's Ryan. I'm like, what do you mean? Goes, that's Ryan Delaney. Oh, apologies. But I, was like, I used no to hit you with dodgeballs. <laughs> No, I, I remember you putting me in timeout back in the day. Can you believe I'm, I'm graduating college in two weeks? Dude, Time that's flies. incredible. Did so, you? Where did you wind up going? Was it Cortland? Yeah, I actually ended up playing football at Cortland for three years. Um, wow, awesome. I, uh, let me rephrase that. I didn't play for three years. I got to I got to watch a little bit. But you know, you get to, <laughs> that's all right. You get to consume a lot of different things about scheme up there. And I actually, while I was up there, played in the wide nine for quite a bit. So when I saw the McDonald pick. I wasn't that upset about it, but really? I, okay. I, was watching, I was watching your reaction to it and I was like, why after three years, this guy I've been watching for three straight years looks so familiar. <laughs> and then I told my brother, I was like, that makes so much more sense. I actually just retired an Allen wreck last week. So that's, Oh, no way. Oh, dude, that's crazy. That's uh, Pine Island Rec just hits home, so home to me. Like, cause I went there as when I was a kid, you know, I was six years old run. It was at like the old park at the time. But yeah, dude, yeah. it's it's amazing. Like, I was how, thinking about your old Mitsubishi, like earlier. Oh today. yeah, the, the old Eclipse. The <laughs> oh my god, time flies. It really does. It really does. Did you have a uh, like? What, what were you were you watching the draft live? What was your your experience when the pick happened? Like, were you were you shocked? Because for me, when they announced him as a linebacker, I was like, wait, what did we just do? And then I'm like, I have to look into the guy, and I'm like, oh, okay, now kind of makes a little more sense at this point. So you, Matt, and Greenbean are absolutely electric. I wish I could meet the other two, but getting to talk to you for the first time in forever. I haven't seen you. Congratulations. I could, I could set Mark. this up. <laughs> I, I know, oh I know two guys. 
I would love that. But congratulations, by the way. I know you uh, brought a new daughter into this world. That's awesome. I haven't seen you since then. It's been that long. Um, thank you. Thank you. When I saw your face and Green Bean saying, what the hell just happened? I started dying. My friend was in the room with me. I started dying. <laughs> I, I was probably about 10 or so deep, but I couldn't help myself. I was laughing my ass off. Dude, it was, it was such uh, a... It was such a weird – it felt like such a – like out of left field. Like if you had told me edge rusher in the first round, it's not where I would have thought we'd go. Oh, absolutely. You know you know, my thought was if we were thinking – everyone everyone and their mother was thinking we want to tackle. Mm-hmm. And Jacksonville clearly had a guy for tackle. I'm yep. surprised they, they weren't they weren't ringing us a little bit after that, that pick, see if we were interested in moving. Because 27, mm-hmm. Will McDonald, I don't think anyone in the fan base would say a word. I think everyone would be like, all right, yeah, that, that makes sense. I think 31 was right where I saw McDonald coming off most mocks. Uh, I don't yeah, think I think I saw a lot anything. of people talking about him to Kansas City. Yeah, I thought that would have been 27. That'd be fine. I, mm-hmm. But really, in the grand scheme of things, Joe Douglas and uh, Bob Sala, they got, their, they got their thing. They got an offense and defensive line fetish, and I – I don't, I'm surprised most people were that shocked. I figured it's going to be a D lineman more so than JSN. I thought Cansey would have loved yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Donald vibes, but mm-hmm. if that's if that's what uh, Bob Sala is. I mean, we just drafted possibly three Hall of Famers last year. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> I, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt going forward, and then I think they knocked it out of the park round too. Um, I disagree with our last caller. I think our scheme mm-hmm. is more get to your spot than it mm-hmm. is uh, as an engaged blocker. And, I mean, Tipman is as athletic as they come, and he can get mm-hmm. to his spot a lot quicker than most guys with that length, too. So I think he's a day-one starter. Yeah, I'm excited. He's probably the the one that I think will have the most impact year one for us. I feel like you're going to see maybe 30% of the snaps from McDonald, but you'll get, like, if, if we can get him as a starter, I think Tipman's going to play, you know, the entire season. Robbie, Absolutely. tell your whole family I said hi. You have been Absolutely. ejected. <laughs> From the cockpit. Oh, God, that was exciting. That was really cool. I used to be Robbie's camp counselor, and it was so much fun. Definitely hit him with a few dodgeballs <laughs> growing up. I've got Mario hopping in. That's not Mario. I know who that is. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, Ryan. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm hanging in there. How are your feelings towards the uh, the first round of the draft and, you know, the draft in general? I'm not going to lie. I was pretty surprised. Um... But then when I watched this kid's highlight, young man's highlights, I was like, okay, we got ourselves a freak athlete. My favorite mm-hmm. pick in the draft is without question, Joe Tipman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Joe Tipman's going to be a stud along with John Michael Schmitz, a.k.a. Babyface mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was into a giant YouTuber. I remember the name. He was like, oh, he's Babyface Brock Lesnar. So that's how I got that from. But there you um, go. obviously last year's draft was legendary. I don't think th- – I, I had a feeling – this draft wasn't going to be as good or better than that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if I was to give this grade, I gave it a B plus. Okay. Uh, my other favorite pick was the running back from Pitt. You know, mm. I remember watching his house. I'm like, my God, this guy's electric. And guess who showed up to one of his games? Tony Dorsett. <laughs> kind of nice, right? Yeah, another Hall of Fame running back for another, right? So Curtis Martin, sure. Tony Dorsett, two of the all-time greats. Um. Look, man, and I'm also happy we got Roger. I'm happy he's enjoying the New York life because that was the one thing that me and my father were concerned. We love Roger as a player. Mm-hmm. Was how can he handle the New York media? And so far, he's handling it perfectly, mm-hmm. which is incredible. I mean, 
He's got the well, fans asshole, eating out of the palm of his hand. Captain Obvious here, of course his drive wasn't going to be better than the last year's. Well, no, brother, no, well, yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible to have it. You get two top 10 draft picks. You have the trade up like last year was an all time draft, which I think is what made this whole draft feel a lot more anticlimactic. It was just like, wow, this is like just an okay draft. Like if everyone winds up being a solid player or even we get like two guys that can contribute this year, that's better than most of our like older drafts. Last year was just so, you know, different compared to everything else. Yeah. And plus, he wanted to be here, so I'm happy. Plus, mm. I think he was tired of the bullshit in Green Bay. Yeah, I think he definitely he he feels wanted here. I think that's important. When you feel like you're needed, or you feel like you bring something to the table to this team, that you know, hey, let's be honest, he was over in Green Bay, and everyone knew that he was the reason they got as far as they did most years. And it just felt like, like, oh, you know, we're, we're not going to give you the help. We're not going to. You're kind of here, but we're kind of ready to push you out. We got your replacement in the back burner right now. So I think kind of coming to a team that's all in on him the same way like Bucks were all in on Brady. I think he really likes it. Same here, man. Mm. Um, that's all I can really say for right now. I uh, hope we have a good season. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Peace out, Ryan. Take it easy, brother. You have been ejected from the cockpit. All right. We got our boy Lima Bean joining us. Lima Bean, how you doing tonight, brother? Oh, it's been a while, man. I always catch your streams after you post it, but like, luckily I'm in on time because, you know, freaking Rodgers is our quarterback, right? <laughs> so, Oh, dude, you got to be excited now. It's like, all right, got to show up to funny, the stuff now. I had a funny thought. I saw your uh, podcast with um, the other Jets talk guy. I forgot his name. Um, and um, we, had Scott, basically, we had Scott Mason earlier. Yeah, yeah, no, before him, like uh, yesterday with Tyson. So oh, Tyson, yeah, yeah. What, what was what week one matchup you wanted? And you said the Patriots. For a second, you know, like, I, when I hear the Patriots, like, oh, no, Bill Belichick's going to, like, do this. And I thought, we have Aaron Rodgers. He can't mess with the defense anymore to, like, screw up our young quarterback's head. Like, Aaron Rodgers already knows this crap. Like, and that felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, bring it. Week one, let's go end their fucking, like, season. So, Dude, I'm so, that's so done with, like, the us being scared of the Patriots, like to exercise that demon week one, yeah. like would just be so nice. I, as much as I want to see like the Jets play, you know, on the nine yeah, eleven game with the Giants, exactly. I, like Patriots week one would be a lot of fun. We, we need to, yeah. As long as like they don't pull some Cobra Kai shit and like tell him to sweep the leg on us, you know, like because I could yep. see Bill be like, "Yo, you're a sometime draft pick. I'll pay you on the side. Go end Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers' career right now." Like, you, yeah, you go shade, go head hunting. Yeah, as I, I mean, say that, Bill Belichick that. pops up on my screen, and he's about to get yeah. blown up. <laughs> uh, quick, two quick couple of thoughts. So on the draft, Shoot. obviously, didn't no one expected Will McDonald, but you know, mm-hmm. I've heard so many people say like this dra- year's draft was really weak, like overall, mm. as from top to bottom, was really weak. That's one thing. Second, I took a look at like many prior drafts. You know, 2013 comes to mind because it reminded me of that type of draft. Um, uh, a lot of the guys, everyone likes tends to suck anyway so it's like it's hard to really mm-hmm. evaluate so like i remember seeing like green bean getting pissed off especially in the sixth round because he wanted like that safety it's like you know what it, they even said he can't do lateral lateral movies as special teams guys i don't think he's going to be a big contributor if we drafted him it's okay like you know so like hey it's it's but um i like that we were drafting high character guys other than like you know back in the day we draft jakai polite you know things like that like mm-hmm. and like Bad eggs. Like, Muhammad Wilkerson had a good, like, solid five years here, but he was not mm-hmm. a good locker room guy. Like, remember, you heard of him missing mm-hmm. meetings and not showing up yep. and getting paid and, 
like all that. Like we're we're having these good guys and fun story mm. about Kayvon Thibodeau. So on the Michael K show, obviously Donald Greco is a really big Giants fan, and he even said mm. like Thibodeau was a, was a jerk on set, like when they're trying to interview him, <laughs> and like he went and screamed at the Giants guy for like getting this interview. It's like even though they have a contracted thing to do this. Meanwhile, mm. they were like Sauce and um, Garrett were like so good and he was like praising like, it was like you know how good that is like me you see came on mm-hmm. doing snow angels while injuring a somebody and he's like oh yeah like it was like you don't know jeff's he's an all pro center like you i get it you're mm-hmm. a first round draft pick he's an all, he actually did something in the league like like dude i hope i hope he falls flat i mean yeah i'm a bad guy and i want everyone we don't draft to like bust but like that being said like him mm-hmm. i hope the the tackle that the patriot i mean not the pay the steelers draft is like complete bust i hope it all like you know it's just I like this Tipperman guy. We we got a lot of football to play, and it's just we just have to solidify things. We need these veterans, like to like show up the ring chasers, mm-hmm. you know, like with those. Like I'm sure there has to be someone out there, but for the most part, I'm pretty excited about the season. Um, it's cool seeing Aaron Rodgers when he said like you know want to become the dragon, all that stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's time to exercise his demon. But this draft, not too bad. Like if Will McDonald becomes the pass rusher he wants, like we, like it's, I mean, it's such a crapshoot. Like we don't. I'm exercising the demon that is Lima Bean. Went over the three minutes. I tried going in like an extra like 30 seconds, but he kept going. He's good. He had a lot of good points. But I wanted to shoot the chicken across the screen. Uh, Pappy comes in. Pappy says, hey, Ryan, a good hype video for the Jets is to mix with the Guardians of the Galaxy, the new trailer, and the New York Jets. Ooh, I'll have to take a look at it. I actually haven't watched the trailer, so I gotta, gotta take a peep over there. Uh, let's hop into our next caller. We got J.D. Grant. J.D. Grant, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there. How are you feeling about this draft class? Well, first of all, congrats, you guys. You, Green Bean, and O'Leary. That uh, that was way more entertaining than ESPN or anything like that. And your reaction <laughs> to the first round was priceless. <laughs> I'm glad you tuned in. It's it is a lot of fun. Every year we look forward to it. Like as soon as the draft's over, we're like, oh, okay, what are we gonna do next year? Like I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> Just hanging out with those two in the whole chat. It's it's a good time. No, I, I feel good. Like I mean, last year was an epic. Like hit the ball out of the park draft. You're not gonna repeat that mm-hmm. every year. I mean, if did Joe Douglas is in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame day one, but no one has ever said we have too many good pass rushers ever. So mm-hmm. I don't mind the pick. I don't feel it was that much of a reach. I love mm-hmm. the Tipman kid. Like, you know, that just mm-hmm. seems like he's a good, solid football player and a high character guy. What you the previous caller said was like, true. Like, I think that's how you build the culture. They're bringing mm-hmm. high character dudes in. They're bringing in guys. I, I, one of you guys pointed this out. How many guys are like captains you know, yeah. of, of their teams that the drafted last year? It's like a mm-hmm. shocking number of guys have been team captains. So there's a lot of culture in the locker room. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then like my favorite, honestly, as dumb as it sounds, Take the freak athlete in the seventh round, man. If this guy is like just an alien, bring him in. What's the worst that could happen? It's a seventh round pick. You're going to get something out of it. And maybe we get that tight end who's like a gadget guy that's the sure red zone bomb guy. You know, like I like it. I like everything about it. And the Aaron Rodgers factor is is the thing for me. I, I, I mm-hmm. Everything I felt about the Patriots, you, the guy before we just summed up, like Belichick, oh, no, no. <laughs> you have no power here anymore. We've got an actual seasoned veteran who's immune to your bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to see ghosts or anything. He's going to turn into a dragon and breathe fire all over you. So it's it's all good. Dude, I'm hoping we get to see, like, you know, oh, we could line up in victory formation. Like, we can, we can end this game right here. We're up by 20 points on the Patriots. But we're throwing a Hail Mary. We're just going to make it rain a little bit more. Like, I'm sorry. I want to make them hurt. <laughs> I don't, I'm not okay. taking my foot off the gas. This is 20 years of angst built up. 
If it's for if it's forty five to nothing in the fourth quarter, I'm going for it on fourth down. Every time. <laughs> right? It's just just send a message. It's not it's not yeah, about it's, the what what is it that, that the Joker says? It's like it's not about the money. It's about sending a message. Yeah, exactly. I want this to be like a mob hit of a game. So right? no, I this I honestly <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I'm super confused. This is in, you know, 40 years of being a Jets fan. This is like the first time I'm going into a season optimistic, which I don't know what that feeling is like. I got to talk to a therapist or something. Like we got right. a solid team, had a good quarterback. The draft went pretty good. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Now, what do you think our record prediction is going to be? Uh, all right, let's see. Since we can't have nice things, I'm going to go say 12 and 5. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I, I'm thinking floor 10 and 7, ceiling 13 and whatever the math is, 4. I'm looking forward to it. 20-0. Let's make it happen. Perfect season. J.D. Grant, you've been ejected from the cockpit. Ah, we get Matt joining the show. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Yo, what up? Hanging in there. How's your, uh, how's your post-draft uh, week starting out? So, like, at first, when I first saw the Will McDonald pick, I'm like, yo, who is this guy? Like, JSM was on the board. Even if you wanted to go Nolan Smith, uh, the yep. D tackle from Pitt, you could have did mm -hmm. all that stuff. But when you really look into the pick, it was actually a very smart pick. See, because he, he has – I think he's around six foot four, so he does mm -hmm. have length to him. And he's like, mm -hmm. he's like a speedy edge rusher, though. And um, I don't know if you know this, but um, – he went to Iowa State. Iowa State had him in a four-tech, and that's when he mm. was more inside, and he was like his hand was on the ground. But Salah said this. He said he's going to get him out of the four-tech and put him in the wide nine. And the wide nine mm. means that he's going to be more of like standing up and like more like outside of the tackle, and he's not going to be inside. Mm. So he's going to be he's much a little bit more, more of that bend and, and speed. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely – I mean, could you imagine if we had gone with Cansey in the first round and then you wind up having three of your first four picks of of be, like being guys from Pitt if it worked out that way? That would be a really crazy situation. That's kind of crazy because I bet they were, they were definitely considering it though. There's no way they weren't. Oh, I think he's going to yeah. be good. Yeah, I mean you, you look at how many resources they tried to put into defensive tackle. We went after Calais Campbell. We went after you know a big contract in Fletcher Cox. Uh, you know, There's a few other guys we were trying to like woo over here for defensive tackle. Uh, yeah, the, the edge rush it caught me off guard because they announced him as a linebacker, and I'm thinking like, all right, you know, I definitely mm -hmm. was not doing any research into linebacker in the first round. That's not where mm -hmm. I thought my head was going to be at at all. I mean, even edge rusher. We were talking before the draft. I, I don't know if Matt was on with us at that point yet, but Greenby and I had been talking. We're like, you know, if there's one spot that you you would be upset with <laughs> as far as a draft, it'd mm -hmm. be like, what would it be? It's like as weird as it sounds, it'd be like kind of edge rush or cornerback. You're like, we're we're pig rich at the. Uh, you know, at those positions and we just, you know, stack yeah. another guy. And then you sit back and you think about it. You're like, okay, look, Lawson's not going to be here next year. Huff's not going to be here next year or may not be here next year. And this yeah. is a, a draft pick for the future. And I think it's, it's kind of nice that they're able to start doing that. Like we were at a point for a long time where we were drafting guys and immediately expecting them to start in place. Last year, we got to see Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens kind of come along a little bit slower, earn their reps. And I think it's a really good way to groom young players. Yeah, I agree. But uh, my even that was my second favorite pick. My favorite pick was the mm. Tippmann pick. And the reason mm. um, 
the reason why it was my favorite pick is because let's say Becton gets hurt again. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. But let's say he does get hurt again. Okay, that's fine. Let's move Vera Tucker out to left tackle. We're going to keep mm-hmm. Tomlinson at left guard. We're going to put mm-hmm. McGovern at center. We're going to put Tittman at right guard because he is six foot six, so he has the body to do it. And we're going to put either Max Mitchell or Dwayne Brown at right tackle. In my opinion, that's still a good line. And when you have mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, McCole Hardman, Alan Lazard, and Corey Davis as your fourth receiver, and you have mm-hmm. the guy that should have won offensive rookie of the year coming back from injury with Rucker, uh, Conklin, and Uzama, I think that's a great offense. I completely agree. Matt, you've been ejected from the cockpit. It's great points. Great points. Great points. Tyrone hops in. Tyrone says, we just signed Billy Turner from Green Bay Packers. Ryan, all we need is Quan Alexander back, bro. I completely agree. I want Quan back. I think that's a a nice little missing piece from our our linebacking core. I thought he was going to wind up signing with Houston. The fact that he's still out here right now makes me feel very, very good. I think the Jets are going to get him back. Billy Turner, I'd have to go in and actually watch him play, but I did look at some of his snap counts and whatnot. He's played left tackle, left guard, right guard right tackle majority of the time on the right hand side but some positional flexibility in a guy that knows Hackett's system I think that's a a really important depth piece to really have in here uh we got Sonny from Long Island joining the show Sonny how are you doing tonight good Ryan good how are you doing I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm enjoying this, you know, sitting back, watching all the, the draft breakdowns and whatnot. I was watching Play Like a Jet and watching their player stuff. So it's kind of nice giving me a little bit more uh, comfort after my initial shock of day one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to chime in on, on what you told the last caller, that mm-hmm. first round pick, I, I think the reason a lot of us were so shocked is we keep thinking we got Aaron here. You know, mm-hmm. this, this is the year that go for it all. And we want a draft pick who's going to have, you know, immediate impact. You know, mm-hmm. but your point you made, you're going to have pass rushers who are not going to be on the team next year. So this guy, you mm-hmm. know, has got some time to figure it out and find a real, real spot on that defense. Uh, as far as the other picks go, I, I love the center. And I mm-hmm. love the uh, the other tackle they did end up taking. Uh, I think his name was Warren or something yep. like that, I think. Yeah, and, Carter uh, Warren out of Pitt. He's got absolutely. the same wingspan as uh, Paris Johnson is what they were saying, like 70-inch wingspan. Yeah, that's crazy. And I liked the fact that they did notice that there is a sneaky little need for running back with Brees Hall mm-hmm. coming back off of that injury. Uh, but uh, – how exciting is it to see Aaron uh, come to the garden two nights in a row like that? <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. You see him on the big screen. They're showing like some of the clips beforehand. And it's like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you yeah, see him that, at the Knicks game. Dude, he's just soaking in the city. He's getting the like the fans to eat out of the palm of his hand. And I, the team chemistry bonding side of things, like that's everything I wanted him to be doing when yeah, he got it, here and that was like the concern like he's got the media eating out of the mm-hmm. palm of his hand a little bit <laughs> oh dude that interview he knocked it out of the park that's one of the best interviews <laughs> that a jet has ever done and to be able to watch that with this media and look he hasn't played a snap for us and i'm sure once things start going sideways that some more challenging questions may be coming down but i think this, right. these reporters are probably sitting here saying like wow you know i th- this is the first time i'm getting to interview like a really good quarterback for the New York Absolutely. Jets, they're, they're probably feeling pretty happy about this too. 
you going to be there on opening day, Ryan? That, that's the, the plan. I'm trying to be there. That's what I'm hoping for. We're hoping for a week two opening day because Green Bean can't make week one. Um, but yeah, we're definitely, uh, we're hoping, hoping to be there. All things go I right. Got, I, I got will be season, there. Week one. I got season tickets. I'm close to midfield on the field level. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Dude, you're um, going to be loving life this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any idea when they release the schedule? So I think I heard it's going to be the second week of May. I think that works out to be couple of weeks the or something. 17th? Is that right? Yeah, I think the 17th is a schedule release. It's two weeks from yeah, this that, upcoming... That's an event on its own. Oh, it's that's awesome. Because then you start, pick, you start moving all these little pieces around. Like, okay, we, we think we can win here. This is how long we have between our bye week. Okay, they're saying May right. 11th in the chat. Exactly. May 11th. So that's uh, the week earlier. So a week from this give Wednesday. Me a, give me a prediction. What? How many wins do you think they finish with? I think if everything goes well, I think it's 12 wins. I think if if you have some struggles early on or you have a, have to deal with some some untimely injuries, I think, you know, 10 10 wins should be the floor, I would think. Based on how this team did last year, you beat Buffalo without your top 3 offensive players with Zach Wilson throwing 150 yards. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers plus Brees, AVT, and Corey Davis should equal, you know, more offensive firepower than we've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I'm predicting 12 wins. That's what I think they come away with. Uh, Do we get the division I'm, with that? I, that that's going to be a tough one. I think they might. There's a I shot. hope so. Dude, that's what I, like, I as much as we're saying, like, playoffs, like, uh, as much as we're saying we want the playoffs, and it's been so long since we had the playoffs, like, it's been even longer since we had the division. So, like, that's oh, – yeah. if I could, like, you know, really pin something down, the division's what I'm really going for. Yeah, Sonny, thank Jeff you so Penny much for the call. The Listen, Boom! You're out of here. All right, we got Captain Savage joining the show. Captain, how you doing tonight, brother? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hey. I can't hear you, bro. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Boom. Ejected. <laughs> sorry about that. We've got Jay Cons joining the show. Am Jay, I good? how you doing? You're good. What's up, brother? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? I got you. <laughs> check, your, uh, check your audio. Can you hear me? Testing, 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 testing. Oh, double ejected. <laughs> All right. We're going to Arizona Jet. Arizona, how you We're doing, brother? Arizona Jet. Arizona, how you doing, brother? Hey, how's it going, uh, Ryan? Hey, dude, if you can mute the uh, the stream, I'm getting a little bit of feedback in the ear. Can you hear me? Oh, shoot. How do I do that? Uh, if you're watching on a laptop okay. or a tablet uh, or something, just me? mute. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, shoot. I can't hear you. There um, should be like a phone call portion of it that you should be like listening to, not the audio from the stream. So so I can, I can hear you. Like It's weird because I, uh, I can hear you. Boom! We're ejecting everyone right now. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I might have to reboot my, uh, my sound thing. Let me try. I'll try one more. 
Let me see. Ah, I see Mutt Files in here. Let's see if we can get Mutt Files working. Mutt Files, can you, uh, let's see. Is, can you hear me loud and clear? Hello. Oh, it's working perfectly. Okay, we got some ID10T errors back over there. How you doing, Mutt Files? <laughs> I'm doing good. Easy day today. How about you? I'm hanging in there. We had a golf outing earlier today. Finally had it done. I get to kind of decompress and I get to watch a little bit of uh, watch some Rangers hockey. I'm a little irritated that the Devils just scored right now. But, um, you know, enjoying life. Football. That's all oh, he stuff. did. I just saw it downstairs. I was, ah! I was just downstairs before, though, and it was zero zero. It was zero zero, and then I looked at you and I was like, "Oh, I'm enjoying the Ranger game." And I looked down and it's zero one. I'm like, mm, Come on, <laughs> "Damn it, <laughs> not fun." So, how'd you feel about the draft, dude? <laughs> uh, now I know. I'm bad luck for the Rangers, but way to go. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised at the pick. Mm-hmm. McDonald, I was not expecting that at all. But mm-hmm. I love the center pick. I will take that. Izzy, yeah. like, some people talk about us trading out to get Izzy or some other running back from that Detroit guy. Oh, my. I was hoping we didn't do that. Dude, that would have been crazy. If we wound up getting either Gibbs or Bijan Robinson in the first round, like, I, I probably would have lost my mind. <laughs> I'd be like, you've got to be kidding. Like, linebacker, I was at least, like, kind of thinking, like, all right, well, you know. Need some linebackers. Like, I don't know how old Mo- like Mosley's not going to be here very long. We don't have Quan, so maybe it's one of those types of guys. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's an edge rusher. I was like, we got it done. We got a title of those. And now I'm all confused. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But it definitely feels like it's a pick made for the future. And Joe Douglas, we trust. That's all I got to say about it. That's it. That's. That's a, that's a, that's a good way to go about it. I'm uh, like this dude had a Hall of Fame draft class last year. Like, who are we to even second guess this dude? Ah, oh, they just score again. That's the other thing too. You can't expect that at all. Like, it, no way they scored again. I I just looked down and it went to commercial, and I don't know if they're showing a replay of the first goal or if that was in fact a second goal. I don't know. I'm gonna need the. <laughs> I'm gonna need someone to let me know in the chat right now because I'm on a commercial I'm break. Check quick. Nah, nah, I was on. All right, good. Nah, I was not. I just checked. <sighs> Scaring me. Still not great. Uh, I just need a schedule. That's it. I got season tickets for the first time, and I got them before Aaron Rodgers even got traded here. There you go. Now, what do you want the first game of the season to be? So I'm, I'm praying, man. Give me the Dolphins, Giants, or the Eagles. Because I want to get the Eagles or Chiefs out of the way. Yeah, kind of catch them them when they're not maybe. Miami, the whole stadium's going to erupt. And Jets and Giants on the I-11, that'd be great. Yeah, it would be a giant home game with the with the Dolphins, I'd be cool with the Dolphins. I'd be cool with like any division rival. I wouldn't have thought the Eagles early on. Like I kind of want us to be clicking on all cylinders before we play them because I feel like they're going to be a more well-oiled machine than we're going to be early in the season. Although it would be kind of nice to kind of get the hard games out of the way now while we have like peak. They can be though. Know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Mutt Viles, thank you so much for the call. You've been ejected from the cockpit. 
We got Max joining the show. Let's see how Max is doing. Max, how you doing over there? Max, can you hear me? How's it going? You can hear me right now? <laughs> I got you loud and clear, brother. You can hear me, Joe? Yep. Ryan. You can hear me? Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. I think it's your thing that doesn't work. Boom! All right. You know what? I'm going to – let's let's do a little bit of this. If it's It could be me. Hold on. Arizona Jet, I see you calling in. I see you guys calling in. Oh, I'm trying to turn this off. Let me check. I don't know what I did. All right. Give me a second. Let's see if I can retry this. All right. Turned off. Turned back on. Let's try J-Cons. J-Cons, can you hear me? There he is, Ryan, my man. There it is. Okay, it was my 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 side of things. Sometimes yeah, I have to reset. Yeah, stuff. I don't know what's going on, but we keep. I had to like reconnect, not connect, reconnect a whole bunch of times. But <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's all right, man. We're good. We're good. Um, first off, two words, bro. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, bro. The fuck? Ah! What? What? <laughs> what? Right? Right? We what? got a fucking quarterback. Let me tell you something, Ryan. Bro, when the when the press conference happened, right? Mm-hmm. I came home from work. I watched it. <clears throat> I watched it during the day, but I was half in it, half out. And mm-hmm. I couldn't really, you know, take everything in. I watched it again at night. I was like, holy shit, this is really happening. It didn't hit me until two days after. I was like, bro, we could actually win a fucking Super Bowl right now. Like, dude, this is it's like, unreal. this is unreal, dude. This is unreal, bro. So, like, bro, my Isn't father, it nice to have, like, because co- it's not a hope. It's, it's a confidence, I feel like, right now. Dude, and this guy is so locked in, bro. Mm-hmm. He is so my my sister's fiance, diehard Giants fan. Mm-hmm. I get into arguments with him all the time, bro. He literally <laughs> told me, he literally told me he would rather Daniel Jones than Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers just wants the money. I said, bro, you are one of the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever heard of. In the- <laughs> are you kidding? He, this is nothing Daniel about Jones money, just got you for forty million. What are you Dude, doing? We what? got Aaron for one. <laughs> What? One million. <laughs> well, first off, let's just talk about the fact that um, the two primary receivers, obviously Garrett and Allen, bro, yes. they're going to get fed all day long. McColl's going to mm-hmm. come in and get his things. But people forget. Everyone's talking about, oh, we should have drafted another receiver. Bro, Brees can line up in the slot. Michael Carter mm-hmm. can line up in the slot. Like, and oh, they yeah. can make these little arrow routes and just – The can tight ends too. Like, I, I feel like Conklin – Conklin and Uzama have been like, you know, almost second afterthoughts or whatever. Like we oh, have, we've even, got, we've got weapons deep. Yeah. Exactly. This year, next exactly. year with Rodgers, you, you got a bunch of weapons. Well, my thing is like Tyler Conklin last year. Mm-hmm. First off, I, I consider everything last year a wash. I mean, let's mm. face it, bro. You can't, you have no consistency with three different quarterbacks. Zach was a mess. Yeah. We all know it. It's quite obvious, but now they're fully loaded. They're fully stocked. And, I'm just shocked that he's – I knew he was going to be all in, but, bro, mm-hmm. he's all in. Dude, Dude when he you go to feels two, like, like – He's, he's if, embracing New York, bro. Like, yes. He's, he's, a, he's about it. Dude, he's loving it. I think he loves the attention. I think he loves that, like, like every fan wants him. It, it's just he's – we're over the moon for him. The fact – you see him out of the garden. He shows up on, like, the big screen. The whole crowd erupts. And, he, and guess what? He's totally in the pocket. He's not yep. overwhelmed by it. Bro, he yep. ate the media, they were eating out of his hand, bro. They yep. were eating out of his palms. He's going to have them like that all year. Because, bro, mm-hmm. when someone has that type of caliber, mm-hmm. I don't think the New York media, besides, you know, 
Jeter, Messier, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, these type, bro, we haven't had someone of this type of uh, stature in forever. Mm-hmm. I think the New York media is almost a little uh, intimidated by him. At first, right? Yeah, it, no, it I think you're right. It, right. it felt like that. It felt like there was very much a, like we, we have to appease way. him kind of like, you know, let's not ask him anything like, I don't know. It just, it felt like the media wasn't taking shots or they didn't know how to take shots at someone with that level of success. I, dude, I got to tell you, just from watching him in, in these brief interviews mm-hmm. and from what everyone says, he's an intellectual dude. He obviously, he he's a smart guy. Like he knows how to read you. He knows how to respond to, to the things that you're, you're questioning him about. So mm-hmm. that the media is a bunch of bullshit. That's never going to be a problem. I rewatched his stats, uh, his highlights from last year, bro. This guy's still throwing fucking peas. He's still throwing mm-hmm. darts up and down the field. Like it, it, it's not gonna stop just overnight. And he's in the best shape I've seen him in in a while, dude. So dude, I'm and he's pissed up. off, like, dude. He, dude, he's got something to prove. He's going to the yeah, big does. city. Like this yeah. is where his legacy is gonna be built. Like as much as he's he's built his entire eighteen year career in, mm-hmm. in Green Bay, he's got the Super Bowl over there. If he wins a ring in New York. That is He's another level, dude, another level. Like that'll Listen, jettison bro. him above like a ton of other people. So I'm, I'm going to hang up after this. But so I, m- my father was, was an airborne ranger of Vietnam, was in, was in Nam in 69. Never mm-hmm. saw the, the Jets win a Super Bowl, right? Lord rest his soul passed away in, in 2019. Bro, mm-hmm. we have not had a quarterback. Joe Namath was obviously, he's Joe Namath. He's, mm-hmm. he's Broadway Joe. Look at his stats. We've never had I know. Like I know no, this is this is a, a special game, more physical that's, different game. Dude, like tw- like four to one touchdown interception ratio with Rodgers. Oh, he has the all time record touchdowns to interception all time. Amazing. Not- Ryan, dude, hey, coming coming from Sanchez brother. and Gino and Sam and Zach, dude, well, I completely second, agree. So wait a second. Here's another here's another thing before I go. This yeah, is why yeah. I hate uh, people like nowadays and just in general. Mm-hmm. Bro, Zach's not. You can't call Zach a bust yet. He's fucking. I'm putting him on the back bro. burner. I know he's like he's like. I, I think he's the that. second youngest quarterback. Ryan, I hate that dude. I yep. hate that. You know. You just you just put him off to the side. The best thing you can do. I want to see him get a ton of reps in preseason. I want to fluff up his trade value at the very least. Like I want to make sure. him look as good as possible. You want to give him the best chance him? with Hackett. Not until the offseason. Like if Rod, if we see Zach behind the scenes and Hackett says like, okay, look, he's probably not like the future guy, then I'm going to talk him up nonstop and we're going to yeah. say, oh, Aaron, you're going to renegotiate your contract and we have you for the next two or three years and then now you're displacing Zach because you have Aaron Rodgers for a long time or Zach shows out behind the scenes and Rodgers plays two years and then you got Zach, you know, in 2025 and beyond. Well, hear, I think you, it could go saw, either way. Ryan, you saw the press conference. He clearly stated... I mm-hmm. keep my body this way to play into my 40s. Yep. I think I think that's what's going to happen. Two years, dude. He's playing I think two he's years. at least I think he's got at Me least too. 2 years. I I think it could be more than that. That's what I'm saying. Like if 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 Rodgers says, "Hey, I'm I'm good for more than this," then the Jets will say, "Hey, we're not hurting Zach by, you know, him being bad or anything." It's like, "No, he's he's stuck behind a Hall of Fame great quarterback and that's but why who, we're trading who him." Who he admires, who he looks yes. up to. Yes. Yes. And I, I it's look common sense. I'm I'm hoping that Zach can get it figured out because the talent level, like I don't want to tr- I don't want to draft another quarterback while Rodgers is here because the the upside with with Zach is so much better than any upside we're going to get at any other point with a pick that we have while Rodgers is here. So you know I'd rather go all, all in. Dude, they mm-hmm. throw from those same 
those same oh, platforms. Oh, like the short throw. The short, it's the like sidearm, the... the little flick. I think yep. Aaron's going to teach him how to do that type of shit and how mm -hmm. to read. Listen, if you see someone here, boom, quick, hit the hot. Don't even pick. Yep. Just go. So we'll see yep. what happens, brother. I appreciate the call, though, man. Dude, I love it. Thank you so much, Acons. You have been ejected from the cockpit. All right, I got Arizona Jet hopping on. Arizona, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Not too bad. Hanging in there. How you feeling about this draft class? I love it, man. I, honestly, I think the Will McDonald pick is people are freaking out about it. But then we got Joe mm -hmm. Tittman. Mm -hmm. And I saw the tweet by like Mangold. Like he was like he approved of the pick. Yeah. Uh, Tittman's tall. Like he I don't know if that's like Dude, a good guy. or bad He's thing like for six, a center six. to be that tall. So that's what I kind of yeah. worry about. But I think the pick that I was most excited about was the running back, Israel Abanacanda. Mm -hmm. This guy looks super electric, home run hitter. Um, mm -hmm. Imagine him with, with uh, Brees Hall. And, like, let's just say Brees Hall doesn't come back to, like, week six, like, at full speed. Sometimes mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it'll take longer. Look at Saquon Barkley. It took him, like, two years to come back. So yeah. let's just say Abanacanda comes in and they don't skip a beat, and this guy's just mm -hmm. incredible. Well, that's Imagine huge. that one-two punch. I'm hoping that I'm hoping the way Brees hurt his knee is different because of the, you know, I, the, there's the physical side of like getting back healthy and having it structurally intact. But then there's the mental side of things of like, oh, can I cut on this knee? And I feel like with yeah. Barkley, it was a non-contact like, you know, oh, my knee buckled kind of an injury. And that's why it, it maybe took a little longer with Brees. He was kind of getting like tackled and like twisted at the same time. So I don't know if there's maybe the same or a slightly different level of concern on his knee, like for his own mental self. Um, I'm hoping, I, I think what's probably going to happen is you're going to see him sit for maybe the first four weeks. They'll work him in slow. He'll have a little bit more of a pitch count that they're keeping him on. And then you yeah. utilize, you know, Carter and Bam and, you know, Izzy. And he's young, so he'll heal a lot quicker too. I think yeah. a lot of people aren't realizing that is that he's super young. He's not like Adrian Peterson, you know. He got hurt mm -hmm. at the end of his career, and even so, he yeah. came back and he was still really, really good. So, uh, yeah. no, I totally, totally uh, on the same wavelength there. I think watching, you know, the young backs what what are your feelings towards like the offensive line like we got Tipman, but how do you see like, the uh, i five actually like Car guys? carter warren this guy looks like i mean he was like i think he's 24 years old he's like he's mm -hmm. been in college for like three or four years he's been a starter the only reason why he dropped was like the meniscus tear in the knee so yeah it, it was the same thing with uh zach Kuntz. he hurt himself this year but like he was just like super athletic just crazy mm -hmm. good tight end and for whatever reason, like Jets have not been able to get it right at wide receiver or tight end. I don't know if you feel mm -hmm. that same way. This last couple years, I mean, if you look at Elijah Moore, you look like at Denzel Mims. Finally, we hit it with Garrett Wilson, but it was like, mm -hmm. I think what hurts us too is Zach Wilson. Like he kind of skews mm -hmm. what could have been. Like you can't really assess mm -hmm. what we had as weapons last year. That's what makes it so much harder. Like, a lot of mm -hmm. people are like, well, the Jets aren't even that good. Why would Aaron Rodgers go there? We won seven games with putrid quarterback play. Imagine Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. there making Conklin better, making Uzama better, making, like, just elevating the play of everybody. Uh, Lazard oh, yeah. is going to be there, McCall, McCall Hardman. Like, that offense is going to look incredible, and everybody's going to be like, where did this team come from? This team wasn't this last year. 
So I don't know if you, I, I had Tigo on the other day and Tigo was talking about how, do you believe that the addition of Aaron Rodgers generates seven more points a game? If you think it generates seven more points a game, the Jets would have been a 13 win team last year. Just it's crazy because I mean, Zach Wilson wasn't even scoring 18 points a game. Like this guy was barely, what was it? The Jaguar game. We scored like six points. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It was ridiculous. And that the Jaguar game was the game that like I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, We're we're done. It is what it like Zach's kaput. And you saw him after the game just like I, I wish I had an answer. I just it's they could have figured man, out. it was ridiculous. It's like we have all these oh, weapons. It was brutal. And even before Absolutely. Brees Hall got hurt, like like mm -hmm. I could see Elijah Moore, the guy's open like most of the whole season. He, you could see why he was frustrated. And what pissed me mm -hmm. off too is LaFleur, like God, we needed to get rid of him. Like this guy, like didn't know what he was doing, and I don't even mm -hmm. think he was utilizing Mims. Like Mims was there. Like you can't figure out. But the mm -hmm. thing that worries me is like Nathaniel Hackett. You get the like rumors of like like the whisperings of Nathaniel Hackett not really liking Denzel Mims. I don't know if you've seen I, that. So I have heard for a little while now. Not not even Hackett, but just people that don't. They're they're not like high ups in the the jet organization or anything like that but it's guys that i know that do work for the jets and there i've heard things like oh you know he'll make comments when he comes off the field he's a little bit softer he's not you know maybe not quite the the dog that they were hoping he was going to be oh, uh, and man. i hope that's not i hope that's not really the case because i i want to see him i i was super pumped on mims when we drafted him and i think the speed and yeah, the height same. and the quarterback play that we're going to get from aaron Rodgers is so totally different than anything that mims have, has had to go with and he, like I feel bad for the guy because he's been dealt a bad hand. You had Adam Gase as your rookie, you know, head coach. Then you get and sick man, with the the one, food poisoning. One more thing, Ryan. I was super yeah. hyped on Elijah Moore. Like for them to trade him, like the guy was yeah. such a diva. And and mm -hmm. AJ Brown, dude, screw AJ Brown, screw Tyree yeah. Kill, screw all these D hops and Dominican <laughs> Sues. All these guys talking trash about the Jets. These guys aren't competitors. Mm -hmm. Colin Coward. He's like. This, this isn't even a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's so many haters on the Jets right now. And they're gonna we're going to prove them wrong. We're going to prove everybody mm -hmm. wrong next year. Dude, I completely agree, Arizona Jet. You have been ejected from the cockpit. Dude, I completely agree. It's The Jets have been, like, the butt of jokes for friggin' ever. My entire life, they've been the butt of the joke. So to finally have a quarterback that I think has the same level of angst or irritation about the the national media and you know like oh we haven't been to the playoffs in a long time and you know some of that is 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 pandering to the fans a little bit but i think this guy gets it he understands how to be a leader and i think he is trying to lead by example one for zach and one for like clearly you know the the jets team for this year and everything that he can bring to the to the organization. He brings a legitimacy here. I really hope he can stay for a few seasons because the longer he stays, the more it's going to rub off on the rest of this team. And especially if they wind up winning one. If they can get a chip, I mean, the, the amount of of Jet friggin' fans that you'd wind up having, like, it's fun when the Jets are good. Like, I we, we see a bunch of people in the YouTube comments and the chats and everything like that, but, like, you guys are the diehards. Like, that's, that's what it is. The people that are hanging out with us through the last five years of covering just a shit team and like all this, you know, bad football play and you're, you're dealing with Adam Gase and we're, we're, you know, hey, we're looking at draft picks in middle of October. Like the fact that you guys hung around, just wait until we start getting good. When we start getting good, 
The fans come out of the woodworks. New York City is hopping. The last time the Jets were in the playoffs, 2009, 2010, it was one of the more fun times it was to be a Jet fan because you got to see the Jet hat on the, on the street or like, you know, a jersey. And, and you know, for the last decade, I, I don't feel like I've had those opportunities to see those things aside from like going to a Jet event where you'd expect to see Jet fans. Like there wasn't people actually proud to be a Jets fan. And I feel like since Robert Sala got here and specifically more so with the last draft class with Sauce and Garrett and Brees and Jermaine, there's a swagger to this team that is putting the rest of the league on notice. And and you could tell if you had average quarterback play last year, the Jets were a lethal team. Think about having Aaron Rodgers and not needing to have your defense keep teams within 13 points, but knowing that they can keep teams within 13 points and that Rodgers can go out there and if he needs to put up 40 points, he's going to try and put up 40 points. Like, you couldn't expect that coming from the Jets. You needed things from like, oh, you've got uh, friggin' a fumble recovery or you got to play like the backup quarterback or whatever. Like, no, like we're going to get first downs for, it's not going to be three and out and then, you know, run, run past punt or something stupid like that. Or, you know, Hey, we're going to run the ball into the line of scrimmage. And then we're going to throw a, a screen pass, but we're going to throw it in the dirt. And now we're sitting here at like third and nine. I don't know. I really like it. I'm pumped on where we're headed as a fan base on where we're headed as a team. And it's just been a really long time for us to like, not have had something to be proud about. It's nice. Ferris Grimm says, been a Jets fan since the Curtis Martin days. Yeah, Curtis Martin, uh, that crew of guys, Curtis Martin, uh, Wayne Corbett, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Vinny Testaverde, that was like the first like I remember of being a Jet fan. Like I remember watching Glenn Foley play. I remember going to to Jets camp after we got Keyshawn and Bill Parcells and all that. Um, Corbett's one of my favorite players, but Curtis is up there too. Curtis and Corbett would be my two favorite from that era. And then as we get a little bit later, you know, I really like uh, Mangold has kind of been ingrained in my fanhood, I feel like. J.D. Grant says these young kids don't know same old jets it'd be nice right like all the our young players they don't realize how they're supposed to be you're supposed to be a disappointment you're supposed to be this like scrub of a of a pick because you were taken by the jets our young players don't understand what they're supposed to be and i love it i absolutely love it Comes, at, comes back and follows it up with all that plus two Hall of Fame inductions. This whole team between the the two offensive, defensive rookie of the year, you're probably going to have comeback player of the year in, in Brees Hall. You've got Klecko and Revis both going into the Hall of Fame this year. You know, Aaron Rodgers coming. You're going to re-sign Quinn and Williams when you get close to training camp. We're getting hard knocks. I know a lot of Jet fans don't want it. And like, like oh, you know, it's a distraction, this, that, and the other thing. Look, I... As a guy that went to school for film and understanding a narrative and what what it takes to like, you know, maybe – do you think the Bears are a more attractive team? Do you think the Commanders are a more attractive team? There was like four teams that could have been picked and the Jets are one of them. The Jets are by far the most attractive team. Uh, so I think we're, we're definitely going to get it. And you know what? Screw it. It's a distraction. Everything's a distraction in New York. The media is a distraction. Every Anything that happens. Someone farts the wrong way. You're like, oh, man, I can't believe you did that. Didn't even say excuse me. Now we got it on the back page of the post, and you got Cowherd talking about it. 
I'm going off on tangents. <laughs> Kayuka says, I remember sitting by my giant old wooden TV holding a Jets helmet while my dad yelled at Browning Nagel, my earliest Jet memories. My earliest Jet memory that I can really remember, my dad and I are sitting, it's the it's the one in 15 year that the Jets go in, I think it was 1995, and we're sitting in the stands and I was so cold and my dad got me a hot chocolate. I remember spilling the hot chocolate all over my jeans and just being a cold, miserable <laughs> mess and the Jets are losing. The one game they won, I believe, was on the road in Arizona that year. And like my dad and I sat through every friggin' terrible game and it's just one of those memories that's always gonna stick with me. Love it. Absolutely love it. Mark says, feed Mims. Let him beef up 15 to 20 pounds. Feed Mims or and D. Oh, and teach him the tight end position. He's a very good blocker already with great speed. Man, that would be crazy. I do not think you're going to see Mims <laughs> being a tight end. I just want to see him screaming up the field. Like he's fast. Go and use him on like a post or like fly routes. Just rip the ball downfield. Pitch and catch. Robbie says, being a Jets fan just sometimes feels like a dodgeball to the face from Counselor Ryan. <laughs> you got to do, when we when we used to do uh, dodgeball back at camp, I had this special move. You do the crow hop and you do a spin so they don't see where the ball's coming from. And then you like plant your foot and just rip through. <laughs> and every now and then you take out, you know, someone like Robbie Maslanka <laughs> at the time. God, God, if you're graduating school now, that's what, 21 years old, 22 years old? So, man, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, shit. Time flies. Shed says, no hard knocks. Give me 17 1 o'clock games. Oh, and give me 17 1 o'clock games. Ah, dude, you're just like O'Leary. O'Leary likes the 1 o'clock games. I, I like the 1 o'clock games, don't get me wrong, but I really like the late games because I can watch the rest of the NFL without having to, like, make content and stuff. And then having the night game is just like all eyes on the jets and there's like a, there's an aura about it there's this this level of expectation like i remember playing football in high school and i wasn't like a you know a big football player by any stretch of the imagination i was a track athlete but let's use that example as a track athlete there was something special about like a night meet where they flip on the overhead lights and you're underneath the you know the spotlight and you're in a big like you know let's call it a, a county meet or a state meet or something like that um i like prime time i think the pressure is fun i think pressure if you could perform under pressure you're a good team and i want the jets to just get all of it is it a distraction sure but guess what having aaron Rodgers is going to be a big enough distraction as it is let's throw it on tv and let's enjoy the ride eat your popcorn <laughs> balls be hurting cow turd loves talking about farts <laughs> i realized that after i said farts and cow herd i was like oh cow cows fart a lot <laughs> Oh, geez. Pedro says, my first game. My first game was the week after Favre destroyed his bicep, sleet and rain, and I believe we lost to Jay Cutler-led Bears. Shake my head. Dude, I remember going into the first Jet home game with Brett Favre after seeing, you know, Chad Pennington for the, the eight or nine years prior and watching Favre throw a touchdown from like the 30-yard line, and it was just a rope. I've never seen a laser beam like that. And 
that was the first time I was like, oh, wow, we got something. And to watch him get hurt just sucked. That <laughs> was so miserable. Oh, geez. Sam says, I love the One Jets Drive weekly films, uh, not interested in Hard Knocks. So that's the difference, right? Like, I have really enjoyed the One Jets Drive stuff, and I feel like I get my Hard Knocks light from that. The The issue with me is that the One Jets Drive stuff is very, very pro-Jets, uh, very... Um, like a like it's a propaganda arm, which is is cool. It's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to get Jet fans hyped up, and you're you know you're all amped up, and whatnot. But like Hard Knocks, there's another level of even, you know, further quality. And and I think One Jet's Drive is probably the. I mean, I I don't know many of the other teams, you know, team based media things that are going on. But they're the Jet One Jet's Drive stuff is so well done. And like it's the closest thing I've seen to Hard Knocks, so I would say that gives me the the feel of Hard Knocks with the maybe insulation of not having to air out some of the dirty laundry. But at the same time, like I'll sit and watch some Hard Knocks because I'm sure One Jet Drive is probably going to do something similar. They probably just have to wait till after Hard Knocks drops, and we'll get the same thing, but just you know maybe a little different. I love it. Ryan Jets says no more than three primetime games. I think we'll absolutely get at least three primetime games. I think it's going to be closer to the max, though. So Matt was saying, Ryan, how many primetime games do you think we'll get? I'll go with six. I think six is the most you can get. I'm going to say five, and then we get flexed into one. I think that's what winds up happening. What's up, Blitz Crew? He says, I don't want hard knocks because I want Aaron Rodgers and Zach to have the max quality private time. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. There's so many personalities, though. I like I'm totally on board hard knocks. I don't care. I know there's going to be some weird things that come with hard knocks. And like Zach's going to have to answer some tough questions. It's like, hey, like you were the starting quarterback last year. What's it like being, you know, second fiddle? You know, what's it like learning behind Aaron Rodgers? I think this is the best case scenario for, for Zach Wilson. And I really think that Rodgers is going to embrace the the mentor role at this point. Like, this is different than the Jordan Love thing. Like, Rodgers was in the NFC Championship game, and the the Packers were like, yeah, we're going to draft, we're going to trade up, and we're going to draft your replacement. That's kicking the balls. That's a guy you don't, and that's not to say that Rodgers doesn't have a good relationship with Love, because I don't think it's Love's fault that that Rogers, you know, uh, that the, that the whole thing unfolded, but I think Rogers being pissed off at Green Bay and him wanting to prove something kind of stifled a little bit of that relationship. Where Zach, it's like there's no real threat to Zach or or to Rogers with Zach. It's hey Rogers, as long as you want to play, you're gonna be here. That's ultimately what it's gonna be. I want to see them have some uh, some good quality time. I like seeing Zach. I saw a picture of, I think it was Zach Strevler, Boyle, and Rogers standing together. And just like any interaction that I can sort of be a fly on the wall and watch, I feel like it's kind of cool. Rob V, I agree. One Jets Drive is a fire production. Ferris says, I can't wait for the Aaron Rodgers episode. Dude, as soon as they release that, it's going to be wild. Would that be this Tuesday? Are they are they releasing it every Tuesday now? You got to think they're going to be start talking about the draft picks and everything coming in here soon. 
Radimus Prime. I'm all in for Hard Knocks. We could do like watch parties or something like that too. Maybe we can do like a Discord or something and like share the link because I don't think I can like show, show the stuff on here. Or maybe I'll just do recaps after it so we can sit and watch and then pop on afterwards. Probably going to do that with like the McAfee show too. <laughs> just do all these things like, man, I just want to hear what they're talking about. Just enjoy it all. I'll take as much content as I can get. Jay says, Rogers looks like he's loving the New York, New Jersey area. Going out to the locals makes all the right moves. Rogers is about to eat. This guy's bought in. We can absolutely, absolutely feast this year. We're going to win a lot of games. It's going to be an exciting, exciting year for the New York Jets. And our friggin' fan base. We deserve this. We have been through the friggin' ringer. We just need one nice thing. Give me one nice thing. Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you. I've hit that 10 o'clock point in the night. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to watch the third period. Hope the Rangers can come back. Not feeling super confident right now based on how things are going the first two periods. But guys, let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. How are you feeling about this draft class? What would you think about having Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet on here? Let me know in the comment section down below. And as always, go Jets. I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quentin Williams. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one to Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!